everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Hello everyone, we have another episode with a special guest, she is the Salt City Psychic, and her name is Becky Lee Blackburn. Well, welcome Becky. Well, howdy, how are you? I'm glad you invited me, I'm so excited to do another podcast. I enjoy talking about ghosts and ghost hunting. <laughs> Tell us about Salt City Psychic. When I turned 40, which was about almost eight years ago, um, I decided I wasn't going to live the second half of my life the way I lived the first. I was unhappy, miserable, didn't feel like I had any direction, any any drive. And when I turned 40, there was something about that year. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go out and start doing things for myself and start finding myself. I, I had kids when I was 20. So, you know, I'd spent 20 years more or less kind of living for that and being mom instead of being Becky. So anyway, in August of 2016, I went on my first ghost hunt. So I decided, let's go ghost hunting. That sounds like the interest I want to go and start doing because I'm very, I'm a sensitive. I called myself a sensitive back then. I did not ever think I was ever a psychic. Okay, I'm telling you, eight years ago, I'd be like, I probably laughed at you. But anyway, I went on this ghost hunt. It's at Stratica, which is the underground Kansas Salt Museum here in Hutchinson, Kansas. The uh, reason why I call myself Salt City Psychic is uh, because Hutchinson is the location of a gigantic salt cavern or salt salt beds that are underneath the city. And, and really, central Kansas has a lot of salt. But, you know, it's known for the discovery of salt here in central Kansas. So, you know, everybody kind of says Salt City, this, Salt City, that, you know, so that kind of is like Salt City Psychic. Hey, that's that's kind of my deal. Because I must say, I went, I went down to the end of the museum. And uh, I had my first encounter ever with a spirit down there. Uh, we, you know, we, it was like a six hour tour down in the salt mine here in Hutchinson, Kansas, which, you know, is open to the public. You can, you can go down there and do tours throughout the salt mine. Now, not as, they're not as long as the one that we went to, you know, for the ghost hunt, but, you know, six hours down there we went, but we went to an area called the dark area. And the dark area was an area where a miner had passed away and he had, uh, somebody had loaded some dynamite into a hole and it, and it went off wrong and a piece of, Rock hit him in the head and killed him. And, and But there was been psychics down there before that had detected that he was in the area. So when we went, went on the tour, they, of course, they tell you, you know, hey, don't don't go off by yourself. You know, they always have a buddy. But, you know, I went by myself because I was tired of waiting on other people to do things with me. So, you know, I, I was by myself. I didn't have a buddy. But got down to the dark area and I kind of was like, you know, I kind of wanted to break away from the group a little bit. I kind of felt like I wanted to kind of walk down a different little area, a little cavern. And came across some train tracks and I'm a very, I'm very logical. I'm very sciencey, very Spock. Okay. Like logical. I'm, I'm Spock, you know? So anyway, I, I was like, okay, train tracks. There's been a lot of activity by people down here and kind of walking that area. And I was like, I got my phone out and I was like, okay, does anybody want their picture taken? I'm taking pictures now. And just kind of went snap, 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 kind of did a panoramic with my old Samsung phone or whatever phone I had at the time. And, and when I got home, I was uploading all my pictures from the mine and, 
And I couldn't believe the beautiful, how, how photogenic it is down there. If you ever get a chance, if you're ever in central Kansas, highly recommend going to the mine. But, uh, one in particular was really, really dark, but there was a white triangle that was in the center of the picture. And I, you know, blew, blew it up, looked at it, changed, you know, lightened it. And it's a picture of a miner. Okay. All right. Anyway, back to the mine. After I took these pictures, I started feeling really cold. And this gal from the paranormal society came over, the group that was hosting the event, came over to check on me because I was by myself. And I was like, man, I'm starting to get really cold, you know? And she's like, well, can I feel around you to see if I feel any cold spots? Because I was like getting really cold. Well, yeah, she, I felt like a refrigerator, she said. It felt like that cold that radiates off of a fridge. And, you know, so, so anyway, that propelled me. That's, that's what hooked me back in 2016. And I've been ghost hunting ever since. So <laughs> when you were down there by yourself, did you feel or see anything? At that time? At that time, I didn't. I just felt drawn, like like my intuition said, let's go over here. And I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything. In fact, after I had that moment, the gal with the paranormal group kind of stuck around with me, kind of hung out with me. And she was seeing, she, had a, she told me a miner came up and stood right in front of my face. She could see him. And I was like, I don't see him. <laughs> you know, I didn't even know. I have all these people around me all the time. I don't even know it. Unless I really tune in, you know. And at that time, I was just this brand new beginner. I had no idea. <laughs> but but yeah, but I kept going on ghost hunting. I went to, got my first EVP at the Garden of Eden in Lucas, Kansas, which is another fantastic site. If you're ever on I-70 and you want to get off I-70 and check out a really cool location where Mr. Densmore, he built these concrete statues at this really uh, very folk. It's like a folk art center here in Kansas. It's really big. Lucas, Kansas is. But anyway, he likes the ladies. He likes blondes. I've caught EVPs of him whistling at me. And, but I, the, the EVP that caught me, and that's why I kind of kept my attention with this ghost hunting thing. I, I'm a Libra, so I get distracted really easily. The second hunt I went, ghost hunt at, in the Garden of Eden, I caught my very first EVP. And it was in the washroom with Mr. Dinsmore's probably second wife. I can't remember the story right now. But anyway, his second wife, he built a really nice wash house for his wife that had big windows so she could keep an eye on him. Because he was in his 80s, climbing up and down ladders, carrying concrete, making concrete concrete statues. So can you imagine how worried she was? So I'm in the wash house and I have a a, a, a divination thing called a, 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 a dowsing fork. It's not a dowsing rod. It's a dowsing fork. It's a one-handed device. And I was asking questions, had the recorder going. And when I got home, reviewed everything and heard, you know, heard Mr. Dinsmore whistling at me, you know, I walked past the strawberry planter and went to head into that wash house. And I have this woman ask me, because you understand, I'm asking questions. And she's like, what do you want to talk about? A beautiful sentence. And, you know, and I know how many times I've listened to Ghost Adventures and I've watched those shows back in the day. And you just don't hear things like that. You don't hear it. They don't post or sh show you complete sentences. You, you get like, get out, or leave, or, you know, something always, always sounds negative. This was a beautiful sentence that was so breathy and so class A EVP that, yeah, it hooked me. I mean, I started going as many uh, ghost hunts as I could find. I think I want to start with the Indian Mound Motel, because, because there's lessons to learn from the Indian Mound Hotel for folks, okay? Because, really, you shouldn't go out chasing after things, you know? You shouldn't be you know, you, you're going to bring home bad juju and, bad, you know, you very, very possible, okay, if you're not ready. Tell us why we can't go after them. Because I, I just think it just disturb, disturbs the natural, the natural cycles of things, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't think we should, I don't know, we shouldn't be poking at things that we don't understand, unless you know protection, 
unless you, you know, you educate yourself, which I've done that as a psychic. I mean, I started out as a sensitive, didn't know nothing, but I've made sure I've spent lots of money getting the proper training and, and know-how and knowledge and people that I can go to if I feel like something's attached to me, should I go out and encounter something that I don't know may not be there. I mean, this happened recently to me, I think, from the Stanley Hotel when I stayed there. Just just little side note there. Ordinary people should just leave it alone. I mean, I, you know, I don't think, I think the world's stirred up enough. <laughs> well, we all start out as ordinary people who may be interested. So tell us how we can protect ourselves. Well, really, that to me, it's the basics. Uh, grounding, centering, then protecting. That's all you got to do. And it's, and say your prayers and put positive. If you're going to go out and go ghost hunting, bring love with you. Okay. Do it with love. Bring love. And if you encounter some, I get the chills talking about love right now. I kid you not. That's what they want me to tell you right now. If you're going to do it, do it with love and good intentions. And it's okay to go to the cemetery. If you're going to go to the cemetery, love and visit those folks. But yes, some of those folks don't have visitors anymore. So you may be one that may talk to them. But I think, you know, you do it with love. You do it with the right intention. I think you'll be okay. But you, there's still a chance that something could still get in, even though you might have a tank built around you. <laughs> you may think, you're, I'm sorry, we're, we're still human. We still are, have our vulnerabilities. And so those are my rules, too. Before you decide to go on an investigation, I want to make sure you are healthy physically, mentally, and spiritually. Because if you are have any of those three pillars, something's wrong. You are you are vulnerable to something negative or something a little more lower getting into your energy field and j- jacking up your life. I mean, I've had people tell me that they went ghost hunting and had little children at home. Now they're having problems, and I'm like, well, why'd you go do? That? I mean, you know, they weren't you know educated enough. That, that's that's what's wrong with those ghost hunting shows. They're not educating people. They're not saying, hey, you need to go do these things before you even think about going to these these spooky locations. Yeah, most of us don't know that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so they're just you know putting that adventure out and. People aren't, you know, see, I get yourself educated. If you really do think you want to do that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) don't poke the bear too much, though. (laughs) Back to Indian Mound Motel. Okay, reason why I'd like to mention this one first, and then after kind of looking at my list, uh, is because I've had, I had one of those experiences, a bad experience at this place. Uh, Back in uh, uh, June of 2018, me, my husband and son, he was 16, went on a car cruise called the Hot Rod Power Tour. And the Hot Rod Power Tour is an event that... You visit seven cities in seven days. Well, one of the cities that we visited was uh, St. Louis, Missouri. You know, I had booked all these motel rooms. For, I, I was like, I was kind of looking for kind of spooky, kind of some kind of spooky hotel to stay at. So I started looking up the hotels around, you know, East you know, St. Louis, Missouri. And I found one called that was like, like within miles of the, de- of the destination that we were going to during this car cruise. So anyway, it's called Indian Mound Motel. And when I found it, I found it on a... It was called murdermotels.com site on <laughs> online. You know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, let's stay here. <laughs> There's been murders on the outside of the property. But, you know, hey, hey, it was really clean. It was affordable. You know, hey, it was like four, you know, four star to me, you know, anyway. But anyway, we st- we stayed there. Right? And we, we had done like a car thing at a local track that's, that's nearby, like a drag strip that's nearby the Indian Mound Hotel, which the Indian Mound Motel sits on a location called Wilson's Mound, which is a part of the Cahokia Mound Complex, which is, you know, east of St. Louis. And the the 
Cahokia Indians, or they don't know what they really were, what they called themselves, but they called them the Cahokia Mounds. They were an Indian burial site. Around 600 AD, these people started settling that area of America and they started building like uh, mounds that were used for burial mounds and sacrificial mounds. Uh, they built almost kind of like pyramids in a way. And this was, that's the furthest, furthest northern site that we know of at this point in time of big civilization, you know, back in you know, 600 AD, you know. Wilson's Mound is, it was a mound that was removed to make room for the Indian Mound Motel. And this was in the 1950s. Uh, the Indian Mound Motel, uh, it was called a hot sheets motel, meaning that you rented it for 15 minutes. So you could have sex there. You could do drugs there. It was a place that you could rent for 15 minutes. They call them hot sheets motels. Yeah, I did my research on it after we got done with the, with, with the car tour. So anyway, they removed this mound. And when they, when they removed Wilson's mound, they found 200 people buried in the mound. Instead of stopping right there, they went ahead and built the motel on the mound. Okay? 200 people. So anyway, we get there after we get done with the car, the car deal. And my, my son was in the shower. My husband was outside smoking a cigarette and I was standing by the bed. And I was standing there kind of just kind of decompressing, kind of unpacking stuff and from the day. And I felt something come up from behind me and just go whoosh right through my body. And my heart started racing. I started feeling dizzy. I mean, it just, it was so bad. I thought, God, where's the hospital at? You know, here I'm all by myself in my room and, and the kids, my son's busy. My husband's, I mean, I'm thinking of having some health issues and settle down. And next thing you know, I started getting mad. I started acting mean. When my husband came in, I started getting mad at him. I, I mean, so, so whatever passed through me changed my mood. My son, my husband started feeling, we started getting grumpy with each other, started kind of fighting, bickering. You know, it wasn't really bad, but it was enough that we'd had a good day and we hadn't been mad at each other. But after this thing went through me, mm, something got turned on. But yeah, yeah, after we stayed the night there, of course, we didn't leave. This my husband and son probably would have liked to have left, but I was like, where are we going to stay? There's 10,000 people that are, you know, <laughs> in this area right now in motels. So anyway, after we, you know, we survived the morning and, and I had kind of weird dreams that night, which I did write down in a journal, but you know, I can't, I, I didn't look that up today or anything. But, uh, but my son said it. He said, Mom, I think an Indian was watching me all night long while I was sleeping. <laughs> And as we got in the car, which we were like, thank God the car was still sitting there because it's a very sketchy area, okay? As we left that area and headed to Indianapolis, I think that was our next destination, we all started feeling happy and joyful and kind of enjoying the day again, you know, after we left that really bad negative <laughs> energy behind of the Indian Mound Motel. So there's a sketchy hotel that, or motel that, you know, nobody knows about, but. Yeah, go stay the night there and you might, you know, encounter some Indians. <laughs> so I wanted to start with that one just just as a lesson of, of course, at that point in time, when I stayed at the Indian Mound Motel, I didn't know anything about protecting myself. And it was really stupid of me to bring my son and my husband into that situation as well. You know, that they both could have came came out hard. Thankfully, we were OK when we left and we didn't have anything bad happen to us. And you know, but, but Hey, you know, it definitely woke, woke me up like, Ooh, maybe I better stop chasing this stuff. Like I am, I better start learning how to protect myself before I continue further. So. Have you been wanting to ride your broom? Like you stole it rather than hiding in the shadows. Theodora Pendragon is here to help your magic shine. Whether you want to show the world, your subtle sparkle, or you really want to light your fire. Visit Theodora's online store at witchcasting.shop. That's witchcasting.shop. 
Remember, there's never been a better time to be a witch. Eldritch Hotel is the first one I'm going to begin with because I call that hotel the birthplace of me as being a psychic. Because uh, that, that one I stayed in in October 2018. And I, I met uh, Lena Townsend. She's a psychic medium from here in the... Well, she used to live up in Le- by Leavenworth, Kansas, but now she lives in Missouri. But she's a psychic medium from that area. And it's the first time I really got to go on a ghost hunt that had a psychic there, you know, an actual professional. So, you know, I'm going, I'm real tongue-tied, and we all get to meet her and... and uh Anyway, there was about five of us ladies. We were all talking to her and asking her questions before she was getting ready to do a gallery reading, which, you know, that was the first gallery reading I ever attended was at the, at the, uh, Elders Hotel, you know, Jayhawk room. Tell us what a gallery reading is. Uh, a gallery reading is like a group reading. Uh, Lena, the psychic, she hosted the event and the room was full of, say, 30 to 40 people who were there to hear, hear messages from their deceased loved ones. You know, there may have been spirit guides. I don't know if she picks up on spirit guides while she's doing this too, but she picks up on your, your deceased loved ones. It's a, it's a, a reading, you know, a, a psychic reading or a reading with, you know, but, but it's really based on, you know, talking to your deceased loved ones. So that's, that's who she's, she is connecting with. And, and she's very good. I remember her sitting there in the Jayhawk room holding this big old fat amethyst in her hand and she was just rubbing it and she was just tuning in. And, and my grandfather, whom passed away, who had passed away three months before I was born. He, he came through. He was the second person to come through. And the, the, the tip that, that Lena gave us all at the beginning was, if you want to talk to somebody, you think about them. You say their name over and over in your mind. You focus on them. So after my grandpa came through, I'm like, oh, let's see if my dad will come through. My dad passed away when I was about four and a half. Okay. So I, I would love to hold my dad. That's one person. If I could have anybody come back, it would be him. But anyway, I'm focusing on David Mays, David Mays. I kept repeating his name and thinking about him. Yeah, he came through at about 20, 24 minutes into her reading. It was amazing. I mean, so, so, you know, that, that hooked me, but, but, you know, this woman, she does, she sits, she stands, you know, she was sitting there in, in the lobby of the Elder Hotel and she points at me before we get ready, got ready to leave so she could get herself prepared. She points at me and she's like, you need to keep reading. I mean, I'm like, Okay, yeah. And I, I said, okay, yeah, I read books. I read lots of books. I read all the time. I thought she meant books. Okay, I didn't know she meant the other. So, you know, I kind of kept that in the back of my mind after I'd met her, though. What does she mean by reading? <laughs> so, you know, eventually I, you know, figured that out. But, uh, but yeah, at the Eldritch Hotel, I stayed in room 510. Uh, the Eldritch Hotel is a, a hotel that was built in... Uh, 1855, it was right around the time when Kansas became the free state, which, you know, was very, Kansas was, was the battleground of the Civil War. You know, it was try, free state people, people who didn't, who were pro-slavery, you know, wanted to take over Kansas, people who were against it, you know. So Lawrence was a battleground for, you know, for the whole, you know, Civil War stuff, you know, it was a, it was a big deal when, when with Kansas. So Lawrence was a site for that. So Lawrence, uh, the, the Elder Hotel was burned down twice you know, before Civil War. Uh, first time why by was a, a sheriff named, his name was Sheriff Sam Jones. I guess he must not have liked the free state people. That was, was burned in 1856. Uh, the next time it was burned down was in 1863 by William Quantrail, the William Quantrail's Raiders. And uh, like 125 people died when the William Quantrail came through town in 1863. And yes, he burned down the Eldritch Hotel too. So the colonel built it back and it was a, it's a three-story hotel on Massachusetts streets in Massachusetts street in Lawrence, Kansas. And I stayed in room 510, which is right across the hall from the real haunted room, room 506. They call it, they call it the Colonel's room, Colonel Eldridge's room, because there's been sightings of him in that room and he'll play with people's stuff and move things and open up boxes and, 
you know, and, and the men people are, you know, the maids are very aware. Not everybody knows that when they, but as I stayed across the hall in the, in room 510. Well, I brought, I always bring trigger objects with me. Even at that point in time, I brought trigger objects with me to, you know, kind of see if we could stimulate a conversation, you know, and, and, and room 510 was the first time I ever brought a PSB7 spirit box with me, which a spirit box is one of those devices that's a, a radio receiver that you could kind of program to, to do a loop, you know, in reverse. You know, I always do like 150 reverse. That's just the one, that's the speed I use if you know anything about spirit boxes. But I had that sitting there playing. I had a recorder. I had, I brought an apple with me. I brought a bell with me that it's actually an elephant bell that has clovers engraved on it. An elephant bell is a, oh, a bell that they would attach to elephants in India and, during like Vietnam War, soldiers would bring those bells back as you know, souvenirs. So anyway, I've got one of them. So I brought that with me. I brought a cigarette and I brought some chocolate. So, but yeah, but anyway, I, I'm in the hotel room by myself, but I have a another device called a Rook, which is like an EMF detector that blinks when you pick up on energies. Well, while I'm doing this 45-minute recording I did, the thing was blinking like crazy. And I, I thought, okay, maybe it's just malfunctioning. Maybe there's just, you know. So anyway, it's it's blink it's blinking, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking it's electrical conduit, you know. So that's, that's kind of you know trying to be Spock again, be scientific about things. But but anyway, about forty five minutes, I'm hearing the spirit box chirping away, and I'm not really listening, hearing any noises or any words or anything coming out of it. So I thought it was not working. Uh, I I brought out my video camera and video record part of the you know what I was doing as well, you know the the blinking light. So I've got a video recording as well, but. I downloaded that 45 minute recording onto my computer and I started listening to it. And, uh, it's, it is about 45 minute long recording and, uh, you hear them reacting to the apple. You know, they're saying things like, uh, you know, w- within the first few minutes, they're saying like apples sound ripe. Apple, you know, then something's glitching. I think they were talking about the little recorder or a little blinky thing that was, you know, holding around, but, but they're, they're cussing. They're having sex in this room. I mean, they're, they're smoking. There's people of all different, you know, different dialects, like Southern dialects talking. Uh, at one point in time, there's a, there are two men that are in the room that are telling me because I, I wore, I was wearing jeans and I'm, I'm blonde. So there's, there's this guy telling me, don't wear jeans, blonde. And this, and his friend's like, none of your business. And he's like, you're a guy, everyone, you know, it's like 45 minutes of this, of this chatter. And, and, you know, they're reacting to me walking around the room because at one point in time, somebody's like, cops must want you. So they think that, you know, as I'm sneaking around the room with a recorder and a camera, so I'm sure I looked real suspicious, you know, wandering around this, but it's just the, the activity. It was, there, there was residual activity, you know, there was that going on as well as interactive the whole time that I was doing this recording. And it's just, it's very fascinating. But, but anyway, at the Eldridge Hotel, there's a chair there that, uh, that they, they, it's called Colonel Eldridge's chair. And they keep the chair locked up behind, oh, behind the, a wall in the lobby area. And they don't allow anybody to see mm-hmm. it. And, uh, you know, that was one of, that was my goal the night of the ghost hunt when I attended it to see Lena and, and do the ghost hunt and whatever and stay the night was to see Colonel Eldridge's haunted chair. So I, I typed up that transcript that I've, you know, been reading from and emailed it to David Longhurst, the general manager of the Eldridge Hotel. And, you know, I was like, I took my chances with it because it's got a lot of vulgar language and a lot of really, you know, it's not, it's definitely rated R. Okay. It's a rated R recording, <laughs> to say the least. And, but I was like, my caveat was like, okay, I'm going to, I'll come up there and visit you and let you listen to this recording as long as I can see Colonel Eldridge's chair. And he's like, okay, let's do it. We listen to that. And the next thing you know, 45 minutes later, he's handing me a piece of paper with, you know, 
a release form saying, hey, if I die going to see the colonel's chair, you know, that's not on them. So, yeah, I went ahead and signed it. And as me and David were walking down that hall to go to the room where it's locked up, you know, I, you could feel the colonel, you know, following me. But but what happened with the chair back to tell you why they why they know it's haunted was was years ago. There was a kid that stole a key to where the chair is locked up and, you know, because they lock it up. So, they know, something's you know, spirits attached to it. They think it's the colonel. So he walks up the stairs and checks out the chair and he sees the colonel sitting in the chair in color with smoking his, smoking his pipe or, you know, smoking something. And he looks over at the kid and makes a noise like, uh-huh, what are you doing here? And you know, the kid took off, took off running, you know, told, told everybody, even though he, he wasn't supposed to be there. But, uh, but you know, every, all the ghost hunters want to see the chair. So, you know, it's a, for me, because they wouldn't even let the ghost hunters who, who, hunted, who hosted the event at the Elder Hotel that night with Lena see the chair. So, you know, so for me to go back up in two weeks after that had happened and see it and touch it. And it was probably the most haunted object I've ever touched because when I went to touch it, it just felt like just resistance. Like, you know, like, like, like when you put two magnets together and you try to push that together, you feel that resistance. And, you know, it did, I didn't sit in it, but I did take a picture of it. And I was pretty excited about that. But, but yeah. And after that point, I, you know, went on and, you know, learned about my, you know, about my psychic abilities, you know, after, after I visited the Elder Hotel and then learned I, be, you know, was a medium, you know, I, I went, started taking classes and doing that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, Elder Hotel is definitely a big one to my heart that it's, it's my birthplace as a psychic, you know, that's kind of how I, how I see that one. But, uh, all right. Now, now the next three hotels are three hotels I visited this year. One is the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs. Um, I went on a ghost tour that night. Um, the very first night I showed up in Eureka Springs for a spirit fair that I was attending. I was, I read the runes. So I was going to a spirit fair to do that. Uh, the Crescent Hotel, uh, was, uh, is a very famous hotel, very, you know, very spooky hotel, haunted hotel. And, uh, uh it's really haunted for a guy named Norman Baker. He, uh, he had created a, a, can- a cancer treatment, even though he wasn't a doctor. So a lot of people stayed there and a lot of people died. So that's, you know, people think a lot of the spirits are those passed away, you know, people who had, who had came there for help and he obviously didn't help them. But, and I must say, when you walk into the Crescent Hotel, you just feel that energy. I mean, especially by the big staircases and, and the, in the elevator area. That's where I really felt it when I first walked in. But, but the night of the ghost tour that we were told to take, uh, lots of pictures of the windows and mirrors because that's where spirits like to show themselves in the hotel. So, you know, I took all kinds of pictures of, of the mirrors and, and, and the windows and I didn't catch anything, but, but I took one picture and it was just one goofy oddball picture that was in the, uh, in the room in the, where the mortuary is, was there is a mortuary, old mortuary where Norman Baker kept his, you know, his victims, I guess you'd call them. And there's a room that has like specimen bottles. And I took a picture of a, Oh, of an old, uh, wheelchair with a little baby skeleton sitting on it so it's like it's just a goofy picture but when i looked at that picture after i analyzed after i looked at all the other ones you could see a little misty form next to the next to the chair and i was like okay what is this so i blew it up and you can see two little skeletal looking little creatures looking back at me with their little hands raised in the picture so i caught a really good ghost picture at that one uh, the next hotel, of course, is Eureka Springs. I went on a ghost hunt that same weekend. I went to, uh, you know, went for the spirit fair is the Basin Park Hotel. And, uh, that, that hotel, I went in cold. I didn't, I didn't do any research on it, but I found out that Al Capone used that as his headquarters for year, for in Eureka Springs back in the prohibition era. So there were a lot of mobsters running around. So, uh, on the fourth floor during the tour, we walked, we were walking down the hallway and I, and I, I, kind of hit a brick wall like there was something standing there and I stopped for a minute and there was two people from Chicago who had a little little EMF meter that had little numbers on it that would raise up and down if they detected energies 
And uh, so anyway, they're standing next to me and I'm, st- I mean, I'm standing right in front of this doorway and I'm like, okay, somebody's here. I close my eyes because that's what I do when, as a medium. I just close my eyes and I see movie in my mind. That's, that's how I see them and hear them. And all of a sudden this big guy, he is just circling me. You know, he's really tall, big gangster, just circling me like, and he's tell he's trying to get in my head saying, you know, you're coming with me. You know, I like you. I want you. And I'm telling him, Hey, I'm married, you know, and just, just leave me alone, you know, whatever. So, you know, so I'm like, you know, and I don't, I don't run. I'm one of those people that I don't run. Let's solve this problem. Let's, 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 let's remedy the situation. So I'm standing there and I, I, I'm a holy fire Reiki master, which, you know, Reiki is energy work, you know, so that's, that's just another thing I could talk about. But anyway, anyway, I'm like, Hey, why don't I turn on a little bit of Reiki, a little bit of love? And I did that. I kind of fired up the Reiki, fired up the energy. And I remember pointing right in front of me, like I said, with my eyes closed the whole time. And I pointed right in front of me and I said, I love you. I care about you. And God loves you too. I said this to this big murderous mobster that wanted me. I say, I love you. I care about you. And God loves you too. And I'll tell you what, he took off. Unbeknownst to me, the whole time I was doing this, this reading with this guy, this encounter with this guy, the people from Chicago had that meter right in front of my face. And as the encounter escalated, the numbers rose on the meter, like bumped up, bump number up, 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 up. When I talked about love and God and he took off, the numbers crashed to zero in no time flat. And I was just, I was kind of upset about it. I was like, why wasn't anybody recording this the whole time? Why weren't they taking pictures around me? I mean, there was a big energy around me. So, so it was not caught, which kind of sucks, but it was still, still thrilling. So Basin Park Hotel, guys, that's a great one to stay at too. And of course, finally, let's talk about the Stanley. Uh, my daughter got married at the end of October and she stayed in the lodge, which is the building right next to the official Stanley Hotel. Uh, the lodge was, was a place where, where men would stay as they were constructing the Stanley Hotel. So women were not allowed in there. Uh, she got to stay the night in room 1302, which is Grant Wilson's room from the famous ghost hunting show. He, uh, had, there's actually a recording. I, I have not seen it. I don't really watch TV much, but anyway, where a table lifts up and falls over and he didn't do it. You know, somebody in 1302 was, you know, throwing the table around on him. So the night before my daughter got married, I was like, well, instead of you kids going out, getting drunk and spending a bunch of money on booze, why don't we do like a little group reading in room 1302? So we have my daughter, the bride to be in the room as well as with all of her bridesmaids and their guests. And we, you know, did a little rune reading, did a little divination work. And, but I brought a ball, I brought a doll with me. She's called a composite doll. She's like from the 1930s. And I brought a cat ball with me that lights up. Well, I sat her on the bed on my daughter's pillow and was like, okay, this is a trigger object. And I basically said that to whoever was around. Hey, use this if you want to interact with this. Well, I'm sitting there, I'm getting tuned up, you know, after the lights have been turned down and the kids were all gathered and they'll open up our awareness and, and the ball started going off and the kids were telling me that, Hey, Becky, the ball's going off in the doll's lap. And I'm like, really? Because I felt kind of skeptical about this room when I first walked in there. Like I really didn't feel like it was that haunted. Okay. So anyway, we're going along and I had a spirit box going that was making noise. And I had the man come into my head going, no, shut off that infernal racket. He was getting after me for the noise. So I went over there and turned it off. Well, when I went over to the area where the spirit box was at, which is right in front of the closet of room 1302. Yeah, I felt this negative, heavy energy. So I told the kids, they all got up, you know, or so few of them got up and they, you know, felt the energy too and investigated the bathroom, got to check that out. And so we all sat down again, got centered again. And next thing you know, another man comes in and he was starting to pick on my daughter. 
he was starting to say real derogatory things about the bride to be. And I was kind of, so I, but I hadn't, I didn't say what he was, what he was saying in my head, but I was like, I told my daughter, I said, do you want me to relay this to you? And believe me, everybody else in the room wanted me to say what the guy was talking about, about Michelle, about my daughter, Michelle. So she finally gives me permission because I was like, I'm not just going to blurt it out without her permission. So I told, I said what was, I'm not going to repeat it here even. Okay. Cause I, it, it was appropriate, not, not appropriate. So anyway, I, I said it. And when I said it, that ball on the, on the, the cat ball on that doll's lap started blinking like crazy. And the room just erupted. I mean, so whoever this guy was, he was pretty happy that I went ahead and repeated what he uh, was saying, talking about my daughter. But, but yeah, that night I got to stay the night in that room. Uh, I had actually talked to my daughter a couple of weeks before she stayed at the Stanley and said, you sure you don't want me staying, staying the night in the room? Can you please just one night in room 1302? I want to see if there's anything in there. Well, I didn't pack my bags or anything when I came in for the reading, the group reading, but I ended up staying the night and because she was scared. She was like, oh, I'm scared, mom. I can't stay here by myself. <laughs> so I was like, so yeah, but I'll tell you about, about four o'clock in the morning, I felt something kind of come into my space, kind of felt that hit had a real weird dream and I'm glad I stayed the night. So it kind of, kind of hit me instead of her because she didn't need that being the bride, bride to be the next day. But so, yeah, I got to stay in room 1302, definitely verify that. Yeah, there's definitely something in there (laughs) for sure. So I don't know what, I don't know if I really have a favorite hotel at all of them. And I think I really would like, of course, would like to stay in room 217 at the Stanley hotel. Because when I walked in that area, Stanley, oh yeah, I felt like I was so supercharged. I mean, I don't think I would have slept the night, spent the night in that hotel room because I would be so, so, you know, vibrating, but definitely felt them wandering all around behind me at the Stanley hotel. And, you know, definitely, I, yeah, I definitely do recommend that one. I, I, I said, that may be a favorite just because I'm a Colorado girl, but, but I think, I think if I was going to go back, I would stay at the Basin Park Hotel. I would like to interact with those mobsters again. I mean, because they're all over that place, you know, and if you're really sensitive, you're going to, you're going to encounter those guys. <laughs> dead men, dead men love me. Okay. That's what people tell me. It's always <laughs> dead the dead men. men. Dead men love me. <laughs> So that's kind of kind of my my gist of my hotel side. So love to you know love to review. Haven't had a chance to really talk about all of them, and I've stayed at many more, but these are my favorite ones. Do ghost hunting, of course, kind of on the side. That's kind of my my thing. But but I, I offer services here in Hutchinson, Kansas. I actually have an office in downtown Hutchinson where I I do rune readings, which I don't read tarot. I read the runes, which is another just the Nordic form of divination. I also teach the runes. If anybody's ever wants to get a hold of me and learn how to learn about the runes, I, I would love spreading the message for the runes. I'd also do Holy Fire Reiki, which is, you know, Yusui Reiki, but a little bump, bumped up a little more with the fire element. And I also, of course, offer mediumship services too for folks as well. And and clear houses here in the area, you know, if somebody needs some help or need, need advice. But that's kind of, kind of, but, but yeah, but it all started with ghost hunting, you know, and I still do ghost hunting. <laughs> so. How can the listeners find you? My main thing that I like to use is Facebook. I just, but it's, it's a Facebook site. It's, it's a Salt City Psychic dash uh, Becky Lee Blackburn. Uh, you can get a hold of me that way. Uh, I, I do a few, I'm going to be doing a spirit fair in Wichita here in a couple of weeks right before Christmas. So I do a few, few events, but, but Facebook's kind of where I like to put, post all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, as far as that. But there is a website as well, which I, which is called, it's called Simple Soul Path dot com that you can go to the site and you can find me online where I have I offer rune readings through that that page as well which I I don't think about that one as much but yeah I do online rune readings and I I think the runes are really important and I use them for protection when I go ghost hunting okay 
Thor's hammer, Thorisage comes in very handy. And I'll, you know, so, you know, uh, those are things I can teach people as well. I definitely, you know, enjoy spreading the message of the runes and, and doing Reiki. I, I love it all. Life is so much better than it was when I was 40. Let me just put it that way, guys. I was just, you know, I'm telling you, what a boring, mundane life, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, that's what I try to tell people when, when they come to me for Reiki and readings and say, hey, you know, if you feel that urge to do something with your life, go and do it. You know, don't feel, don't feel bad. Don't feel like you need to have somebody's permission. Just do it. I mean, I didn't wait around to go ghost hunting. I just did it. And look, look where I'm at now. I wouldn't, yeah, I would have laughed at you if you told me I would have been a, a rune master. I mean, I know the runes. Okay. And I do it. I read that, you know, and, and go and help people with those things. Yeah. I would, I would have laughed at you when I turned 40 and said, ah, I'll just do this little ghost hunting thing, you know, ghost hunting. <laughs> But I love talking about it. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, it's 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 enriched my life. <laughs> you know, and I really do. I usually, you know, I don't usually go in and have and not have a experience. I mean, I haven't been to too many places where I set the intention that hey, I'm going to see if I find something. You know, and, and I have, and I want to go to you know Washita Battlefield. I want to go experience that and put some love into that area. I, I want to go see some some of these big Native American sites and put some healing love and one day I might return to Indian Mound Motel and let's put some love here and not, you know, because they obviously needed it because they, they hit me. They, they touched me. And I know there was more meaning to that guy passing through me at that motel than him just scaring me and making me angry. I don't think I could handle that energy at that point. I may be better about it now. If not that I would want to go there and then pursue that, but maybe I would. <laughs> you know, I'm crazy like that. <laughs> Thank you, Becky Lee Blackburn, Salt City Psychic. Thank you. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine.